GAA Sports Desk. Brought to you by the Heralds, every side of Dublin. Hello, good evening and welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Emma Hayden and myself, Peter Brannigan. And we begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home safety this evening. Live Drive is going to be back on air tomorrow morning at 7am. Now, as ever, we have a packed show coming up over the next hour or so. Later on, we're going to be hearing from Nigel McCarthy of We Are Dublin. He's going to be looking back on the Dublin ladies footballers' victory over Tipperary in the Little National League over the weekend. We're also going to be hearing from the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper. He's looking ahead to the seniors clash with Limerick and to the intermediate clash with Antrim, both taking place in Parnell's GA ground on Sunday. Before that, we're looking ahead to Dublin and Galway in the National Hurling League. We're going to be getting the views of Andy Cunningham and Michael O'Grady, the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling. If you want to contact us in studio, you can. The text line here, 087-977-1032. You can email us, gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie or you can head over onto our Facebook page, which is GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. But we're going to begin the show in Tralee last Saturday evening. All-Ireland football champions and defending National League champions Dublin took on Kerry and were beat Eaten by a point, 214 to 118. Peter Crowley getting the winning score. We're going to be getting Brian Talty's view on that game and all the games in Division 1 in just a moment. But after the match, I heard from both managers. First up, I spoke with Dubs manager Jim Gavin. Uh, Jim, disappointing, I suppose, not to come away with at least a point out of the game. Yeah, um, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was a great game, first and foremost. Uh, both sets of supporters were, were highly entertained there by, by two teams, got really gone hard at it for this time of the season. Um, of course, you're disappointed not to come away with two points, but. Um, you know, in, in, in the overall totality of the game, you know, to be five down, open up the second half and um, 57 probably gone the clock there, thereabouts four points down, finished really, really strong, which is very pleasing. Um, obviously, our trajectories are a lot different, Kerry, obviously a lot of work done and fitness levels will be will be very different. But, um, you know, I thought our guys uh, responded really well to the challenges that Kerry put up. Yeah, I could have came away with a point. Um, but uh, overall, I think, I think that the desire that is there from the Dublin players that they showed and, and their, their drive was, was, was great to see. Uh, that's really pleasing. Uh, you know, we faced challenges like this before and, and responded to them, and uh, I'm sure we'll do, do so again. And you went down to 14 men, but you responded particularly well at that point, getting four points on the spin. Yeah, yeah, mixed yellow card. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw it as well. Um, uh, probably wasn't even a free, so that had a big impact, you know, to be down to, 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 to 14 men. But as you know, as I said, uh, to, to finish so strongly in the last 10 minutes, but, you know, down a man, uh, I thought it was just fantastic to see. Probably did, yeah, but probably did, being, being down a man probably gave them the overlap, you know. Um, obviously, we were, we were all out committed to attack that stage, wouldn't be in our style to, to, to get everybody back. And, um, no, but it, it, it is what it is. It's, you know, we're four weeks back. Um, we're very pleased the way things are going. Disappointed when we get to two points, but uh, players go back to the clubs now for the first round of the league games in Dublin next weekend. Important to play with the clubs, and then we look forward to to the games against Mayo Roscommon. Uh, Jim, after the holiday and then three games in the spin, is it nice to have a bit of a break next again before you prepare for Mayo in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, yeah, like we're four we're we're, we're four weeks back. Uh, yesterday we we're four weeks back, and and we obviously all the teams have three games in in, in thirteen days. Um, but as I said, the players do go back to the, their clubs and play club games 
next weekend. Um, and then we'll regroup the week of the Mayo game and, and, and see who's fit and ready to go. With Dublin now four points off the top two in Mayo and Kerry, Jim was asked if he was concerned about them defending their National League title. Uh, what we're concerned about is, is not concerned about, what we always drive towards is the, is the, is the, is the performance of the team and, uh, you know, patches there, particularly the first half that wasn't good enough and they opened open up the second half. So that gives us an awful lot to, not, not an awful lot to, uh, yeah, to go after and we'll continue to go after it and um, if that brings us close to to the top of the table by the end of the National League we'll take it but um, as it has always been our strategy to take each game, each game in isolation the National Football League you know we've got a, a good bit to go now to the Championship and um, uh, this is part of our preparation for that Jim was then asked if he could take anything from the game despite the fact that Dublin had lost yeah absolutely I mean as I said to be four weeks back um, and to get a game like that so early in the season <laughs> it'll bring us on a, it'll bring us on a ton to be honest and uh, yeah yeah listen you're disappointed for the, primarily, primarily for the support who travel, mm-hmm. um, but you know you take it in context uh, um, where we're at and, and the trajectory that that carry are at. Which obviously you mentioned new management that that gives momentum as well. Um, but we'll go home satisfied that you know it's another little step in our journey getting ourselves ready for championship. Now, as a story had emerged last week that Jason Sherlock had left the management team. Apparently, there was some animosity between Jim and Jason over the documentary that uh, Jason Sherlock had put out around New Year's uh, with RTE. Jim was asked if there was any truth in the rumours and if he had watched the documentary. Why journalists are, I suppose, how they how they how they re- report um, on conjecture on rumour. That's up to you. That's your profession, not mine. So I can't comment on that. I thought it was an excellent documentary. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, you know, Jason was very brave to do what he did, and uh, you know, we're very proud of him. And if you can watch that documentary without getting emotional, well, then you've got a heart of stone. So uh, it's well worth viewing. And very finally, Jim was asked if he thought the game of Gaelic football was in a good state. Absolutely, and it, like it's up to you guys to, to advocate that. You know, we've um, it's it's easy to bring the game down, but there's some. There's some fantastic players out there, um, and we, we we know the opposition that we play and uh, the skill levels in, in Gaelic football have you know compared to to previous decades, um, the skill levels are are I, I believe are much higher. The fitness levels are much higher. That's not the scale. The skill, the skillful players back in generations, of course, they play in any in any decade. Um, but we've got a great product, uh, one of the best field sports I believe in in, in the globe, and. Uh, it's, it's your job to promote that. That's Dublin manager Jim Gavin. Now, Peter Keane, the Kerry boss, also spoke with the media after the game and he was asked if it was significant to be beating the reigning All-Ireland and league champions. You could say it's significant, but I, I don't think it's that significant. Do you know, it's it's still a game. Like, we, we, we beat Tyrone. You could have asked me the same thing two weeks ago when we beat Tyrone. And then they got a bit of a dressing from me last week so you'd wonder did that take the dressing did, did that take the, the glass off that victory um, that we had against them so look I, I, I don't know it's, it's look it sounds like a cliche but every day is a learning day as a new management and, and the players getting used to us and so many new players coming in so look the priority for us has to been to go and learn On that he was asked if he got a sense from the players that it was different to be playing the dubs no matter which way you're looking at it, you're talking about a team that have that are going for five in a row this year. And I don't know how, how many leagues have they won. Are they the defending league champions or they? Sure, every fellow wants to test himself against against whoever he's playing, even if it's club football or intercounty football or running or basketball or whatever it is. You want to test yourself against against whoever is the, is the top dog. So I suppose you're right. Look, these fellas wanted to test test themselves and see what what um what was in them. He was then asked if a game against Dublin meant more than a normal league game. I can't answer that. I'm not. I'm not so used to league games. I don't know, yeah. um, but it it was like. But even even above in Cavan last week, 
and I, I think you had 6,000 people above in Cavan and there was a huge Kerry support there and they were shouting and shouting and, and you know you could feel it tonight you, know, you, you could feel the energy off, off the stand and that, that, that might be something now that you might find very hard to, to understand but you could actually feel the energy and even the energy that was coming from the Dublin the, the, the Mitchell shed you know which which has been fantastic that the, 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 all the business in Tralee have supported the county board in, in roofing that area you know and the, the cheer that was coming from, from there like was fantastic too Peter was then asked if the finish meant more than getting the actual league points it probably is because look as I would have said to you earlier on I wasn't that concerned about the league and he probably didn't believe me but you know it, it wasn't a big issue for me with the league um, the, the big thing was to try and put some bit of structure in place and find out about fellas um, I would have mentioned to you much earlier that um, you know both 37 or 8 or 9 players and half of them are, are have come out of the 4 in a row minor team so they're all young fellas and they've got to find out and you know we've been a bit hampered with clubs and clubs involvement in, in, in our Ireland series and injuries and stuff like that so like fellas definitely got an opportunity to put up their hand and, and you know some of them have taken it and very finally Peter was asked to give a view on some of his younger players there's very little you can do if you take the last three the last three games over the last sure we'd only one training session every week you know, so you, you can't do anything with them because you're conscious of where they're at and, and you know, even picking sitting down Wednesday night, picking a team inside here, sure, you don't even know, do you have some of these lads because they pick, they pick up injuries. So it's, it's only by throwing them in. You'll find out about them and some of them, you know, have, have done well and shown legs and stuff like that and shown heart and shown spirit. And, you know, it's only from that we will learn. Indeed, a good night for Peter Keane and for Kerry. And I suppose people will talk about the league not making a difference, but I can tell you from being down in Tralee on Saturday evening, the uh, the whole Kerry support stayed behind to applaud the team off the pitch and they were certainly enjoying that victory over Dublin and over the All-Ireland champions. Now, to have a look back on all of the games in Division 1, I spoke with our regular contributor, Brian Talty, earlier this week and we began, indeed, in Tralee on Saturday evening. High-scoring game, you know, reasonably open, although both teams did get players behind the ball. Plenty of scores and the All-Ireland champions were beaten. Yeah, you know, hopefully that's not going to happen later on. But, you know, Kerry did show that, uh, you know, they they have that young talent coming through and that it's been managed reasonably well so far. You know, they're doing very well in the league and the game of football was fantastic, you know. And, you know, people give out about the game is gone and it's not as good as it used to be and all of this kind of thing. We got a great game on, on, on Saturday, but that doesn't uh, say the game isn't, it doesn't need changing, you know. But if everybody was to play like uh, Kerry and Dublin played, you know, we'd have uh, we'd have much better football. It was a fantastic game of football, Peter. Lots of, you know, kicking at the ball, lots of great support running. And Kerry played what I would consider a Dublin style of football. They mightn't like to hear that in Kerry, but, um, you know, they were very good defensively. They broke out very well um, and, and they tackled and they marked really, really well. You'd know that uh, there was a lot of work being done in that area, but um, I'm sure uh, everybody was delighted to see such a good game of football and you'd hope that coaches will have a look at that and maybe try and play like that, but then you have to have the talent, you know, and I think both these counties have... have such great pace and power now at the moment it's going to be interesting as things move on Yeah indeed and I suppose obviously you mentioned young talent in Kerry but on top of that the All-Ireland champions came with them got four points in the row and you kind of thought well I certainly thought myself Dublin are going to win this now and yet Kerry had the I suppose the calmness the composure to go up the pitch and work a point they could have even got a goal out of that attack uh, to win the game 
Yeah, certainly, you know, and I suppose if you look at the way uh, people are, are operating now, you know, they're leaving leaving very good players on the on the bench and bringing them and introducing them into the game, and you know, they're they're often saying now that you know it's the, the, they want to finish with their best team, not start with the best team. It's a, the difficult one for us traditionalists. We'd we'd always be trying to start with our best team, but you saw Kerry bringing on guys, and you saw them bringing in uh, David Morden, and he was a calming influence, I suppose, on the players as well, and he was the man that kind of was set up that final score for, for Peter Crowley so so yeah they're looking I think a lot of teams are looking at what Dublin are doing and why wouldn't you I mean everybody looks at the All-Ireland champions and Dublin have, have four titles at the moment in a row so certainly they're looking at the way Dublin play there's no doubt about it that Kerry the, you know, at the moment are looking for pace and power, and you could see it in some of the young lads that they've brought in, and uh, they brought in a big guy uh, instead of David Moore to start with. And uh, somebody told me today he hasn't played for Kerry before, and he was absolutely brilliant. You know, tall, good feeler of the ball, and very pacey, and can cover the ground. And uh, I think Kerry probably got their matchups right as well. You know, again, you know, putting Jack Berry on uh, on on Brian Fenton kind of. Yeah, cooled Brian's influence in the game, I suppose, a little bit as well, you know. But but uh, I suppose the big thing from Dublin's point of view, Peter, is that you know Dublin are only training for the last few weeks and have been away on their holidays and have given fellas rests, you know. So and um, you know the fitness level of Dublin and the pace and the power is going to be better as you go on. And I suppose every team are going to be like that, really. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like I think when we talked last week. Uh, or two weeks ago, we thought Monaghan would be a big challenge to Dublin, and especially the way they played against Dublin. And and then we were kind of a bit iffy about them. But uh, now they've gone and lost two league games, so you begin to wonder again. But but um, you know, I think they're capable of a big performance on a day as well. So there's a few challengers coming along. Indeed, and I suppose um, you know, on Monaghan, Eamon Sweeney wrote an article this week talking about kind of the overreaction to Dublin Kerry the fact that people are, are, are trying to build a game up so much shows maybe how bad the other games are because we're trying to cling on to anything that we can get in terms of football the other games of the weekend probably you know uh, did quite a lot for his argument because they were they were quite difficult to watch and, and Monaghan Galway was maybe one of them good for Galway to win in Inishkeen of course but probably not the greatest game of football we've ever seen Well I, I think the first half of it was very poor, to be honest with you. And when you look at it, uh, Monaghan, Monaghan had a very good team out. And, and you'd, I would have expected Monaghan to probably win that game up in, uh, up in Monaghan. But uh, call it a second half performance, kind of, if they learned that, and they, they, they allowed the likes of Shea Walsh and young Dale, Michael Daly to, to you know, go at fellas and Johnny, Johnny Heaney. And these fellas were allowed to go and attack and support the attack and not sit back. And uh, they, they played better football. Like, like, you know, I mean it's not rocket science really you know if you're going to win a game you have to go out and try and get the scores and certainly in the second half uh, Kevin let them off the leash a little bit and, and they played some great football like I mean the some of the moves were fantastic and they got some great scores so so hopefully lessons are being learned by, by county managers you know but um, you're right you know we all think uh, one great game or, or the GA will come along and say there's nothing wrong with football sure look at Dublin Kerry but look at the other games and say look what were they like you know what I mean so there were more bad games I suppose than good games but mm. seemingly some of the game the league games though, around the country and in other divisions uh, were there were very good football played in them you know so uh, maybe people are beginning to, to think again yeah, indeed. And I suppose from Galway's point of view, uh, I know uh, Joe Brawley's kind of been critical between the Sunday game and the article he writes on a Sunday for the newspapers. He's sort of been quite dismissive of, of the way Kevin Walsh has the Galway team set up. Do you think the, the zonal system he has is, is going to restrict Galway? Like, will it only take them so far? 
Yeah, well, look, we saw, we've seen that last year. Like the, the, I suppose everybody thought Galway were going to be relegated last year and they played brilliantly. Like They had a lot of fitness work done early on in the year. They had a system in place and they stayed with that system. But I, I'd be inclined to agree with Bally in, in, in a lot that he says. Um, it annoys me when he's given out about Galway. But, you know, uh, Galway have a lot of great attacking players. Like, And you look at the Shea Walshes and you look at the Michael Daly's and, you know, Johnny Heaney's. All these guys are, are, are very good footballers. And, and certainly I, I'd be inclined to let them off the leash a little bit, you know. But I suppose if you're coach of a team, Peter, you've got to get your defence right first. And then you have to go after trying to, to win the game. So I think Kevin is trying to make Galway hard to beat. And then... I hopefully, I think, I hope I'm right that he's going to add that, let that uh, attacking, uh, you know, power that Galway have, let that go as well. Because certainly in the second half, for anybody who watched it, there was a huge improvement in the Galway performance. Speaking of teams improving, uh, Mayo, uh, three wins out of three, just like Kerry, and they're the next team that Dublin are going to play. So James Horan, I suppose, will have been watching in his role as a pundit the last few years, the way that the Dublins and Kerrys and maybe even the Thrones of this world have been playing and tried to take the best bits out of them. Uh, what have you What have you seen of Mayo and have you been impressed with them so far? Yeah, absolutely impressed. You know, I hate saying it as a goal man. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, uh, they're looking very good. And, and, and not alone that, they're finding a few forwards as well and they're finding pacey forwards and, uh, you know, they, they're they're certainly one of the challengers. There's no doubt about that, you know. And James Horn, when he was there himself, and I suppose Rochford after him, these guys had Mayo within points or two or three points of Dublin. Like they shot themselves in the foot a few times in All Ireland finals. So uh, there's huge talent there. Like and people seem to forget that Mayo have had good under twenty one teams over the last while as well. And some of those players are coming through now, you know. So very impressed with their two wing forwards and their two new additions to the to the team and they have power and pace as well which is I suppose what every manager is looking for now really to be honest with you uh, but Mayo definitely that's going to be I'm, I'm looking forward to Dublin the uh, Dublin Mayo game because I think that could be a great game of football as well Yeah absolutely and I suppose at the other end of the table then you know for us common were to, to get relegated their number 11 might get a kick up the backside giving, giving away that, that uh, late free that they had with the, the push and throw keeper and I know Morgan came in with his knees and there's a, there's a whole counter argument against it but again the Ross Common from six points up and with that late free they really should have won against Tyrone and put Tyrone in big trouble yeah, you know, uh, I must say Anthony Cunningham is having a great influence in Roscommon because their first half performance in that game was fantastic and they went well ahead. Now, I know they had a, a wind with them and everything like that, but they, they really put it up to Tyrone, allowed Tyrone to come back into it a little bit and, and sat back defensively again uh, and, and nearly lost the game, to be honest. But um, I'd say Alton Hardy is going to get a, a little talking to our right during the week. But you see, we're all great when we're not on the field, Peter, and we're standing back and we're looking at it. And you see a goalkeeper going with his. You could see that Niall Morgan did go with his knees down yeah. onto the Roscommon man, and you look. You, I suppose Harney gave him a little bit of a push, and and then we saw the Abbey Theatre coming into play there. You know, <laughs> a little bit of acting, but um, you know, you couldn't blame Niall Morgan for doing that either. Like this, he knew himself. You know, this is a free in. You know, that's the game over and, and two points gone, but. Um, you have to impress with the, the work that Roscommon are doing and they're playing with great fire and great enthusiasm and you know Roscommon have a lot of good footballers as well but um, I'd say that point could be vital at the end of the year Yeah absolutely uh, Division 2 is I mean if Division 1 is clear with Mayo and Kerry at the top Division 2 is the complete opposite you have 6 teams within a point or two of one another Mead at the top at the moment Fermanagh up there Donegal beaten by tip at the weekend you know Clare starting to find maybe a little bit of form Kildare beaten there's so many stories there but it's very very interesting as to who might finish in the top two places 
Yeah, when you you know when you looked at it at the start, Peter, you'd be looking at I suppose you'd be looking at Kildare and Donegal really, um, you know. And the surprising thing is that you know Donegal went out and were beaten the last day. You know, I, I would have thought. I, now they are missing a good few players as well, to be honest. And you know the likes of Murphy and McBrearty, these would make a, an awful difference to any team in the country, you know. But uh, you still would have been expecting uh, Donegal to win that game, but um, ended up losing it. So, so it, it it is tight and Kildare again. You just wonder what's going on in Kildare because there's so so much talented, so many talented players, and uh, you'd expect them to be winning games in Division Two, and they, they, you know they they failed to do that. Like so, um, it's interesting. I like the way Mead are, are are operating as well. Like they're they're doing well, and they they learn from the previous day. You know they they they, they held their nerve at the end of the game the last day and won it as well. But but I think what the interesting thing, Peter, with all of this is. You know that the teams are, are equal, and the teams are going out and they're putting on good performances, and we're having tight games as well in all the divisions. And you know, it just—it's it's another argument, but you know, um, maybe we're looking at a, at a, a tiered kind of championship, which so the, everybody gets excited about the league. You look at the the the, the crowds that are at some of these league games, and you say to yourself, "My God, you know, there's there's something in the fact that there's a challenge in every game that you play, and that you have a right chance of winning each game, and people like to see that." competitive thing in, 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 in a game when they go out you know so yeah, that's another argument I suppose down the line as well Of course GA Congress is coming up uh, in Wexford in, in a, what 10 days time or so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what discussion takes place maybe not this year that we're going to have a change to a, a new tiered championship but it might well come in the future my thanks as ever to Brian Talty for speaking to me on the show now the Dublin Senior Hurlers continue their Allianz Division 1B campaign this weekend they're taking on Galway in Salt Hill and yesterday I caught up with the chairman of the Friends of Dublin Hurling Mick O'Grady to get his view of their campaign so far well Michael maybe before we look forward to this week's game with Galway we might look back uh, two games so far for Dublin two victories and maybe expected victories um, have you seen them play and have you been impressed with how they performed? Yeah, you know, it's early days yet, as you know, but, you know, um, it's it's important to get points on the board, and they're doing that. They've got two good wins, you know. Um, the match against Carlo, they, they, they struggled for the first half. Carlo was a better team, sharper hurling, uh, and more focused and more determined. Second half, Dublin came out against the wind, and um, obviously they were spoken to at halftime, I'd imagine, and they were a different team. And Don Burke came on as a sub, and he gave an exhibition of how to score points from getting the ball. He got the ball four times, under pressure, got the ball, lost his man, and over the bar. And then he got a goal towards the end as well, you know. So, uh, yeah, a good win for Dublin. No, not a good win, a very good win, but on Tullamore, I didn't see that. Heard about it. Generally, um, as long as you win at this stage, you can't read too much into it. But um, they're good wins, and obviously they're heading now for the big one next Sunday. Yeah, indeed. I suppose you, you took the, the question right out of my mouth about uh, Donald Burke. Obviously, he's been very impressive, particularly considering he's playing a little bit of third-level competition as well. Um, but I suppose this is the time to try and impress a new manager, and he's certainly one player who's stood up to the mark so far. Actually, as we are talking, DCU are playing UCC down in WIT in the Fiskewman semi-final. At full time, it's a draw. One thirteen to 16 points, so it's going to extra time. But getting back to Dublin, yeah, you know... Um, Paddy, Paddy Smith is having a blinder cornerback for DCU. I think the best turner, I think the best cornerback in, at the moment in the country is Paddy Smith. I've watched him a few times. He's going to get better and better. Great reader of the game, great user of the ball, very strong and very mobile. So he's an asset to Dublin when he gets back playing for them, you know. So Dublin have a few players to come back, obviously, and until the first is over, they won't be at their best playing for Dublin. 
But it all goes well. You know, next Sunday, what's important is that Dublin play well, uh, get a good result, and that doesn't mean you have to win it. Uh, lovely to win it, but if they lose it playing well, that will be okay. Because the top four teams are in the quarterfinals, so that should be kind of wrapped up even almost at this stage, you know. Then they've voted for the leash at home the last two games, and one of those will be enough to guarantee a quarterfinal spot. But obviously, it will be a good kind of uh, measure of where they are next Sunday when they play Galway and Salt Hill. Yeah, indeed. Their last couple of games against Galway, if we think of the, the Walsh Cup this year and the game in Salt Hill, which I know was a dead rubber, but uh, still, uh, I suppose, a fairly intense game last summer. You know, they've only come out by losing by a point. So, I suppose, you know, he'd be determined to try and get a result, and particularly for Matty Kenny going back to his, his home county as well. But there was that day last year in the dead rubber team. They got the score two nineteen, and Galway got no goal. And believe it or not, in the four matches last year in the championship, Dublin are the only team not to concede a goal. So, well done to Dublin defence, you know, and they'll have most of those next Sunday, hopefully. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, you know, um, Galway are Galway. They can beat the best, and in some days they can they struggle. You know, they didn't even beat Charlo. They drew with Charlo. So, it should be on the day, really, but Dublin just need to get better. But each game they play, get better. Give Matty an idea of who his first 15 are, because he'll, he'll want them to come into the quarterfinals and semifinals of the league. But I think they're going the right way. I'm happy with the progress. I said a few players to come back. A few players maybe who are on board. Uh, hopefully we'll get fitter and, and better as they go along. I, I think Danny Sutcliffe, if Danny could get back to his best, his 2013-14 form, he'd be a massive asset to Dublin. Because good forwards of Danny's calibre are so hard to find. And at his best, he's almost unbeatable. Uh, I think he's approaching that. He needs a few more games. But gradually, Matty will kind of get him into it and... He might become a star player again, which would be wonderful for Dublin. For Galway, I suppose the last time out they took on Carlo and it ended up in a draw. I know obviously you've been involved in, in various counties in terms of developing the so-called weaker counties. Carlo obviously have come from quite a bit back, but they're making fantastic progress. And I, I appreciate it's only the league, it's only February, but a result like that would give a county like Carlo such a huge boost. Unbelievable. I spoke to a supporter up here in Dublin the last year. just said there's a whole kind of a, a supporters club building up now as well behind the hurlers, which they would never have one time, you know. I said one time the county board mightn't even support hurling in certain counties like Carlow. But they are very much now. Colin Bonner's on board. Um, actually, a former pupil of mine in Cashville County Tipperary years and years ago. Uh, and I know they're going really well and they're loving their hurling. And for them, it's a massive challenge. You know, and they will be hard enough to beat. Uh, I said against Dublin in the first half in, in the National League, they were the better team by a mile. And probably should have been more points up at half time. So, yeah, they're loving this. It's great for Carlow. And that's why I think the whole, um, um, you know, Joe McDonough uh, trophy is so important for teams. Westmead are not far behind them, you know, and to give more teams a chance to join the top eight or nine or ten. So I think I think the hurling has it right. The football doesn't seem to have it right on the, on the other hand. That's a different ball game. Yeah, indeed it is. I might just ask you very briefly, Michael, if I can, about uh, Division 1A, because, you know, coming back off in All-Ireland, we know how much it meant to, to yourselves, to the people of Limerick, a long gap, 45 years, and yet they've come out and won their first two games. That's difficult to do after an All-Ireland success. Yeah, I think the reason, actually, is that they have so many good players now. They have about 10 serious subs, and they're all, say, wouldn't last actually playing for UCC today. He's having a blinder for UCC. They have 10 serious subs, so nobody's guaranteed a place. I think John has told them that. So they're all fighting for the place. They can't be guaranteed. They get a match now. They might get a match for another month. So you better turn up when you get a match. And he has them in the right place. It's going to be a massive championship in Munster this year, as indeed in Leinster. And, you know, they're saying anybody can win Munster. And that is true. 
anybody of the five teams can win Munster. It's almost, uh, you could not literally decide what team will top it or even come second or third. And what two teams will not make the quarterfinals. It's a wonderful situation. Ten years ago, you knew before the year started there'd be two teams in the final, probably tipping three penny. That's all changed now. And it's make, making hurling really exciting. And, you know, I can't wait for the championship to start. Or indeed for the end of the league as well. What about the other two Leinster teams in Division 1A, Wexford and Kilkenny? A win each, um, and obviously a defeat each. Uh, Kilkenny taking on Limerick, Wexford taking on Tip this weekend. Yeah, two big matches, you know. Um, um, Wexford a great win in Cork, you know, in the, in the, in the so-called Parky Chief, which was a, was a disaster on the day, the, the pitch itself, you know. Hopefully they'll be able to work on that. It's a shame because it's a lovely set up there, but you need a good pitch. No point having a stand if you don't have a good pitch. Um, good win for Wexford. They're playing Tip next Sunday. And, you know, they made tip, I think, last year, the year before, in the semi-final, the year that David got his marching orders. So, um, you know, there'll be, um, that'll be an interesting match. They need two more points. Kilkenny and Limerick. Limerick, uh, obviously, Kilkenny, I'd say, were always sore over losing to Limerick last year in the quarter-final, semi-final. The championship, they were denied a free towards the end after Richie Hogan's goal to put them a point up, and that free could have been curtains to Limerick. But they're all things part of the past. Kilkenny will be up for it, you know. They're looking good. They'll be minus. They'll add some um, Belly Hale, obviously, who really played well last Saturday in the club final. But I think those two games are nip and tuck. If you may push me to it, I would say tip will win, even though they're a bit behind at the moment. And I think Tijeni will beat Limerick because they never like losing matches and they never like losing more than... like losing no match, actually. So they already have lost one. So they might like losing the second one. Indeed, you mentioned Cork. I'll just briefly ask you about their their game with Clare. Obviously, they come out with two defeats. John Myler has, you know, guided the team to the last two Munster championships. So maybe the league isn't so important this year with no relegation. But at the same time, you wouldn't like to lose all five of the games in Division One A. No, but I th- I don't think John is worried. There's about five of his team playing for UCC, and he's given them their full time to play with, with the college and to win it for UCC, which I rather than because of the the RDCU contact here in Dublin, but. Uh, I don't think John is worried. He just, again, like Limerick, maybe just trying to keep ticking over, keep seeing players. Cork have serious players coming as well. They're a young team. And what's more, Cork are a summer team. They never liked the South Round in my book down the years. They play fast ball. They're like a hopping ball, running onto the ball. They'll be a different team. And if you ask me for a dark horse in, in Munster, I would say Cork for the coming year. He's looking forward to summer already. And my thanks as ever to Mick for joining me. That game thrown in at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon in Salt Hill. Hopefully there will be a big Dublin support heading out to it. Now we are going to head out ourselves to a break, but afterwards we're going to hear from Andy Cunningham. He's going to be looking ahead to the same game. We're also going to be hearing from Nigel McCarthy of We Are Dublin and Brendan Cooper of Dublin Camogie. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Herald, every side of Dublin. Hello and welcome back to GA Sports Desk here on Dublin City FM. Again, if you want to get in contact with us here in the studio, the number is 087-977-1032 or you can give us an email on gasportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie or you can give us a like on Facebook, it's GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. Now coming up in this half of the show, we'll be continuing to look at that Dublin-Galway game that takes place this weekend in the National Hurling League. We'll also be hearing from Nigel McCarthy to look back at the Dublin ladies' victory over Tipperary at the weekend. And we'll be looking forward to the Dublin Camogie team's match this weekend as well as we hear from the Secretary of Dublin Camogie, Brendan Cooper. But first, continuing with our look at the Dublin versus Galway hurling game this weekend in the National Hurling League, we heard from regular contributor Andy Cunningham. 
We found out this time last year that taking an Offaly in the league can be a very, very dangerous proposition. We were beaten, of course, last year, uh, but it, it was good to go down to the Midlands and, and pick up the two points. Yes, uh, you know, it's another two points in the bag uh, after uh, the result against Carlo. Uh, I thought there probably would have been a better kick, kick in Offaly after, uh, you know, they, they got a, a bad beating the week before, and I thought they would have come out with all guns blazing, but... I just didn't materialise, and realistically, you know, 13 point win for Dublin was like, you know, well justified, and it uh, wasn't a great match. Dublin were just completely on top in every every department, and any time that after they come back at them, Dublin just 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 forged ahead, and uh, you know, I think with with that that match last week and, and the Carlo match, it was probably two matches that you would probably would expect Dublin to win and get away to a good start in the National League. Yeah, indeed, and, and I suppose as you mentioned. You were obviously down at the Carlo game as well in Parnell Park. Uh, we'll talk about their result with Galway maybe in a moment or two, but for, for Dublin to get that victory, uh, it was important, sets them up for the campaign, and as you say, the, the four points is what we would have expected out of those two matches. Yes, you know, when you, when you were looking at the, the makeup of the, the fixtures there, you know, uh, you, you would probably would have expected that Dublin to, to come away maybe with four points uh, in the first two games, especially with the Carlo game coming in Parnell Park. Though it, it, it was a tough game, you know, Carlo leading at half-time, and... Uh, I, I just thought that the uh, the substitutions for Dublin just, just paid dividends in, in the second half. But, uh, you know, then, then down to off, off the Tullamore last week, which can always be a tough old place, but, you know, just didn't, didn't materialise. But, uh, yeah, they've got the four points, but uh, the two next matches now are really defined their season and their position in the National League. Yeah, indeed. And you mentioned substitutes, of course, in the Carlo game, a man who impressed in that game in the second half. I think he picked up the Man of the Match award. And also, of course, who impressed last week against Offaly was uh, Donald Burke. Um, and I suppose with the likes of, say, Conal Keeney, you know, out with shoulder surgery and with Danny Sutcliffe uh, only getting back to full fitness, it's a chance for players to lay down a marker uh, for a championship side in the summer. And he's certainly taken his, uh, taken his claim. Yes, he, he hasn't got a, a great uh, Walsh Cup, you know, and uh, he, you know, he wasn't setting the world on fire, but like we all know he's, what he's capable of. Like He's a tremendous underage player, a, minor, a great, great minor. He has, you know, he has played some good games for Dublin. But uh, he, I thought he was, he was the difference when he came on against Carlo, like uh, the points he scored. And uh, and then one four, I think he scored against Carroll. Then I think it was six points last six points last week again against Offaly. Like that's one ten from play. That's good scoring. But uh, you know maybe it was the best thing. I think he he wasn't started for the Carroll game. So maybe you know he just said, look, I'm going to take my chance. But but that's where it is. You know matches like this, people just put their hand up. And but uh, he's a talented player, and we would expect big things for him in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, earlier on uh, the next game coming up is against Galway. I suppose one of the results that we've had, the biggest results we've had. Maybe been a long, long time, and I appreciate it is only uh, February, you know, springtime National League, but a, a fantastic result for Carlo, and I suppose uh, a great reward for the amount of work that's gone in in the county over the last five or six years to get them up to this standard. Yes, it was a fantastic result, and I think I think any hurling person would be delighted, maybe except the Galway people. But uh, look, you know, like probably everybody expected Galway to, to be Carlo. But you know, and, and there would be nothing said about it. But like that, that 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 draw, you know, that that point they picked up is vital to Carlo to stay up, and they they, they will get miles out of that victory. Like that, that'll do tremendous work for 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 uh, the team and and the whole hurling people in Carlo. So I think it was a it was a great great result. Uh, but you know, I'd seen Carlo twice. I'd seen them against Dublin in the Watch Cup and then in the league and. I was impressed with them. There's some very good hurlers, some very talented hurlers, and as it was a shock, but not as big a shock with that draw as people maybe thought it was going to be. 
And I suppose a lot has been made of the fact that, you know, Carlo only have four clubs, four senior clubs playing hurling, 24 in Galway. So it's, you know, I suppose it's testament, even though I, I, I don't want to overplay it because obviously it is early in the year, but it, it is testament to the management and I suppose the togetherness of the squad. Yes, well, they, they've been together for a while, and uh, like uh, they, they've, I think they won the John McDonough and, and the Christy Ring. I think that, that they, like one year after another, you know, in seventeen and eighteen. So like there was general progress going on all the time. Uh, Bonner is running them, yeah, very very talented hurler himself, and they seem to have a you know a good backup team around them. And uh, you know, as I said, I was impressed with them when I seen them in the two games. You now it is winter hurling. Uh, what will be like when it comes uh, to you know the, the, the hard grounds and probably their next match? I think. I think they have to play Warford away so that'd be a real tough one for them because Warford are really playing well at the moment and of course the next one for ourselves is a trip down to Salt Hill to take on Galway we lost only by a point in the championship there last summer and obviously the, a similar defeat uh, in the Walsh Cup just a few weeks ago but uh, it's a nice target to have early in the year to try and get down to you know, arguably the best team over the last two or three years yeah very consistent team Galway no doubt about it and they'll, they, you know, they'll probably coming out all guns blazing after that, that result against Carlo, looking to win, you know, to, to get the top spot in, 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 in Division 1. Uh, you know, it's probably that looking at that, that big game maybe is against Waterford, wherever that is. But look, you know, the, Dublin did well in the championship down there. It probably was a dead rubber time. But still, you know, Dublin haven't got a bad record against Galway in the National League. But still a tough place to go to. But, you know, after them two wins, Dublin got, you know, confidence will be high. And uh, I expect they'll give a good account of themselves down there. And of course, for Matty Kenny, a trip back to his home place, he, he would know a lot of those Galway players very well from being involved in the background team of, of teams uh, down in Galway over the last few years. Oh, he, he would he would know, yeah, yeah, so what's going on down in Galway. He, he, he'll know to make up the team, probably their style and all like that. But, you know, on the day, you know, that they're a very talented bunch, very impressive them when they played Dublin in, in, in the, the Watch Cup, and then they went on to beat Wexford in, in the final. Like, you know, unlucky maybe, you know, people thought favourites for the all Ireland last year, Limerick caught them well, Limerick deserved on the day. But uh, always in the top three, and a very talented bunch of hurlers that go with them. You mentioned Limerick. I suppose it'd be very easy after a 45-year gap and an All-Ireland victory to maybe write off the following year, but they, well, judging by their two games so far, they certainly are not writing off two victories and uh, they sit top of Division 1A. Yeah, and, and, and two good victories. And, you know, you respect maybe a team that haven't won in All-Ireland years and then the celebrations and all that. Yeah, who goes on down in the county that they, you know, they win probably holidays and taking a break that they, they would probably just ease their way back in, maybe win a couple of games in the league and then go go, go for the, the Munster Championship again. But no, they, they, they're all coming out uh, on fire and playing well. Uh, probably when you look at the teams in Division 1A, they probably have the strongest team out on paper on the day. They're having 11 and 12 players that played in the all Ireland final. You look at the Kilkenny's maybe and that Tipperary's, you know, they probably uh, wouldn't be strong on paper. So like they mean business, and uh, you know they probably want to continue because like uh, w- winning gets a habit, and, and they want to keep it going. You mentioned Clare, or sorry, I should say you mentioned Kilkenny, uh, who of course were beaten by Clare at the weekend, a fourth straight win in a row for Clare against Kilkenny in the league. Um, but yet Kilkenny, with as you say, a young team, did battle right to the end and lost by a point. Yes, I thought this was an excellent match. Uh, probably the, the best match we've had in the, the National League this, this year, uh, I, I, even though it's only two rounds. I thought it was a great surface down there, down in Ennis. And uh, a real dinger of a match. I, I was very impressed with Kilkenny. Could have won, won it in the end. Didn't Wouldn't have deserved it because I think Clare they were the better team on the day. And they missed a lot of scores in the first 10, 12 minutes of the game. And, you know, scores that they'd normally, the manager would be expecting to put over. But uh, they just got two goals at a vital stage to probably kill off Kilkenny. But I think Cody will be very impressed. Like, you know, he's a lot of players to come back. 
Well, you wouldn't know. Are they going to come back? You know, because some of them young lads, for I was very impressed with them. And, uh, you know, can you be there? They were both uh, Claire, you know, I thought, that, you know, that the surface suited them. They are a very fast-moving team and uh, very worthy to win, even though it was only by a point. And I suppose their record in Ennis is fantastic. Home grounds are very, very important. Uh, one county that's having issues with their home ground at the moment, unfortunately, is Cork. A huge amount of money spent on the stadium. And uh, we know there's a lot of talk about overspends and the GA having to get involved. But unfortunately, the pitch on Sunday was in really, really rag order. Lake. And I know there was a football match, I think, uh, Cork Pickle there in the National Football League, but that's no excuse. But it, it, there's a history of being a, a, a bad ground, uh, Parky Quave. And I'm very surprised that like all the money that was put into the stadium, and it looked a fantastic stadium, and, it looked, and everybody is raving about it, and, you know, the dressing room facilities and, and everything. But like you've got to get your pitch right, because you, know, you, don't, you, you don't play the matches in the stands or on the terraces, you're playing on the pitch. And uh, they should have got it right, but as I say, a history of obvious being cutting up. But uh, like those at times, there it was dangerous, and the referee I, I had to stop the game once where the ball just went into a hole and just pick her up, and then just throw it in. So uh, I, I see that uh, that they've their next game that they're, they're going to play in Parky Rain, and you know they might have to close that pitch for the foreseeable future. Yeah, an unfortunate situation, and I suppose they were beaten by Wexford at the weekend. Uh, it's impossible not to think of Wexford and look to that date in the summer. Wexford's first game in the Championship, our second game in the Championship, uh, could be very important to decide who comes out of the Leinster Championship and into the All-Ireland Series. Uh, were you impressed with them at the weekend? Uh, not really, uh, because I thought it was a very poor game. Well, I suppose we, 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 we were after watching uh, Kilkenny and Clare, and I thought that was a rip-roaring game. You know, the, the pace of the game, where there was no, absolutely no pace in, 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 in the, in the parky crib probably due to the pitch but I thought it was an over elaboration of the hand pass it was a very short Wexford played a short game you know coming out of the fence they played the sweeper they, they, it's two or three two or three passes till they get it up into the full forward line where I thought the other match Clare and, and Kilkenny was more direct uh, look Wexford they're, they're still a talented bunch they're a good manager uh, but you know I, I just I just wasn't impressed they were beating by Limerick the week before but I wouldn't judge them too much on that they, they have tough games coming up in that league and our thanks as always to Andy Cunningham for joining us on the show and a reminder again those details of the match Dublin taking on Galway in the National Hurling League that takes place in Pierce Stadium down in Salt Hill in Galway and that throws in at 2pm so do get out and support the guys if you can but now to ladies football and the ladies footballers are back on track with their league after securing a victory over Tipperary at the weekend and to look at that match Peter caught up with we are Dublin's Nigel McCarthy you know we saw Tipperary coming up from uh, from the lower division last year you know it was always going to be difficult for them for Dublin it was maybe a nice game to have to bounce back after the defeat in the first game to Donegal and uh, they performed well to get the victory Yes, they did, Peter. Yes, and uh, yeah, it, it was probably the, the right game to have um, after the defeat against uh, Donegal and Crow Park the previous weekend. Um, it, it was nice to, it, it, it was a, no, a nice one to sort of get back into. You know, uh, Tipperary only up from the Division Two. You know, be still finding their feet. You know, at that level, I think they found themselves last year. They went up into the Senior Championship last year, and they found it was, it was a big. A big uh, step up in in sort of uh, quality of, of opponents uh, than they'd faced in uh, Division Two. Um, so, as I say, they're trying to find their feet. They're trying to, um, you know, get, get to the level of the teams that've been playing there. And uh, of course, it was the All Ireland champions for them in Dublin on Sunday. And uh, yeah, as you say, it was the right game for Dublin to bounce back in. And uh, you know, he, he also had he also had a couple of players he was able to you know sort of bring back in as well, which uh, sort of boosted what they had from the weekend before. 
And I suppose, uh, you know, the league is the league, as we keep hearing. But uh, Mick is, is introducing, you know, some of the more serious players, some of the more senior players of his panel. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of them contributed a few goals over the weekend as well. Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, look, Lindsay Davey was, was fantastic on Sunday. Um, he scored a couple of goals, you know, um, Siobhan Killeen. Uh, from Clontarf, um, she's been given a go now as well. I, I suppose if you look back on her season last year, you know, finishing up with um, five goals in the All Ireland uh, Intermediate Championship. So uh, she just certainly has the pedigree and knows where the goals are. And uh, you know, she found the back of the net as well. And of course, Nicole Owens was the other goal scorer. Um, and it was just the movement and transition between between you know the forward line was was something that Tipperary just couldn't live with, you know, they they were offloading the ball, you know, super sharply and super quickly, the movement of the forwards, uh, you know, they were able to find themselves in space all the time because, just because of their their superior movement and it was it was that sort of thing that Tipperary, the, the back line particularly, uh, struggled with, you know, so look, you, you can't ask any more than six goals in the game, they've got three in each half and uh, as I say, it, it, it was a big step up from from uh, the performance the week before against Donegal. And look, Dublin, uh, they're only back a, a couple of weeks training, so they're a little bit behind everyone else as well. So uh, it was nice to see though, that, that that sharpness in just the space of seven days was there. Yeah, indeed. And you spoke with, uh, with the manager, Mick Bowen, afterwards. What sense did you get from him? How, how was he feeling after the game? What was his reaction like? Yeah, Mick was, Mick was, uh, he was happy with the result. Um, you know he's introducing a lot of new players again this year. There's a lot of minor players that have come up that are, are being given a chance, and you know he's having a good look at them. And you know he, the one thing he did say to me on Sunday, it's about getting that balance right between experience and, and you know the new players coming in. Is, and maybe that was the difficulty the week before. You know the, there were so many senior players missing, and then they lost Neve McAvoy to injury, which didn't help things either. Um, after just 18 minutes so you know there was a lot of young players out there so maybe they just needed a couple of the uh, and I hope they don't mind me saying this older heads um, you know just to help them along um, you know as they're learning their trade basically you know but look there's there's a couple of really good players there Kate Sullivan who played very well against Tony Gall uh, came on in the second half and um, uh, you know she laid on the, the goal for um, Lindsay in the second half and you know it was a, she's one of those players she's very very direct quick Good balance um, and has has smarts as well. You know, she 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 went by two players down along the right hand side. But you know, a young player just out of mind might have you know seen you know the the lights <laughs> the glory lights and went for 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 the shot herself. But you know, she looked up, she seen Lindsay in a better position and and hit a lovely pass to her. She was you know it was just a matter of palming it into the back of the net for for Lindsay. You know and. Uh, you know, there's one or two other players there that you're watching through the league, the league campaign itself that have come up from minor. And, you know, if they continue the development that they've shown, you know, through the underage, I think uh, they'll, they'll definitely be uh, future stars. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm mixing up my games now, but did I hear something about a, a bit of a flu going through the panel and, and a couple of players been missing? Yeah, that happened uh, just before the start. Uh, Mick announced uh, three changes and uh, Kira Trant, who, who, who was... Uh, the, the captain for the day, in the absence of uh, Sinead Ahern, uh, struck down with flu, um, and two other players as well. <laughs> so yeah, it sort of went through the camp, and uh, I sort of heard that one of the players also was ill at, at half time and was replaced. So yeah, there seems to be a bit of a flu um, 
a flu virus running through the camp at the moment, so hopefully that clears up pretty soon. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Martha Byrne, unfortunately, going off at halftime. I suppose the, the hope now is, you know, with the double headers coming up with the men's game, two t- uh, matches against Mayo, both men's and women's football, they tend to be uh, fairly tasty affairs, I suppose. And uh, Peter Leahy, I suppose, he, he lost a couple of players last year when it came to the Mayo team, uh, but he's put his mark down. You know, he's sort of said, whoever doesn't want to play with Mayo can forget about it. The panel is here and, and I'm going to try and work with what I have. Yeah, he has. And um, yeah, that's the right thing to do as well. Uh, you know, you can only work with the players who want to play play for you and play with you, you know. And, um, you know, he, he he's laid down, they've laid down a marker as well with, with a couple of performances they've had. So, you know, he's rebuilding himself after losing so many players last year you know and uh, look we're not going to go into that 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 that's a, a long drawn out saga but you know he's right if players don't want to play then it, it, it's good boy you know there's players here to do so uh, and you know he's brought in a lot of young players who want to play for the county and, and he's right in doing that and yes it'll be another I, i'd say tasty affair between the two sides again um it, I'm, again, it'll give Dublin another. It's another two weeks away, so they're going to be another two weeks fitter. So that's going to catch up on on Mayo, who probably went back training a little earlier uh, because they went out earlier in the championship. Um, and yeah, they normally there's normally uh, no quarter given when these two sides meet, both both the, the ladies and the men. So uh, yeah, I'd be expecting a tough encounter. Um, and I think you know Mayo will be smarting as well from last year's league defeat and uh, also the defeat in the championship. So they'll be. They'll also be another team looking to lay down a marker against Dublin, um, you know, particularly with the championship, you know, ever ever creeping closer and closer. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose the, the first day we were maybe slightly disappointed with the attendance, but it was obviously a, a very cold night and there was rugby on or whatever at the same time. You know, the, the fact that the men's team have lost a couple of games and that the Mayo men's footballers are doing well, that'll hopefully get a big crowd going in anyway. And hopefully they'll make the effort to get in for five o'clock rather than seven. Yes, hopefully, yeah. Um, look, the, the ladies team deserve the, the, the support, you know. They deserve the, the supporters coming a little earlier. You would hope that, you know, it, it, it's a little later in the month where we'd be sort of really heading into spring at that stage. It won't be hopefully as cold. And, uh, yes, it'd be great to see a, a decent crowd in for the, for the ladies' game as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just not sure on, on these 5 p.m. throw-ins. Uh, I mean, the same problem when the hurlers were, were were playing with the with the men's footballers. The the five pm throw in just seems a little early for people. You sort of it's usually just a little after six before they start filtering in, and uh, I think that maybe might be something that the the GA will look at. You know, going forward, you know, maybe six and eight will be better times rather than five and seven. Um, I don't think the extra, you know, pushing the men's out to the uh, for the extra hour would make all all that difference. You know, look, there's games played in Auburn Cup and other competitions at 8pm so I don't see I don't see it being it being a major problem I just think the 5pm throw-in slot is just a little early for some people you know there's a lot of people work Saturdays and you know it might be the day to go do their shopping or whatever whatever it is and just trying to get trying to get across you know Dublin City as well at 5pm I know it's not a weekday but the traffic is still quite heavy on a Saturday so it might be something to look at maybe push it out another hour which might help uh, with getting uh, you know bigger attendance in for the first game and our thanks as always to Nigel McCarthy for joining us on the show and now to Camogie and Dublin take on Limerick in the National Camogie League this Sunday and to find out a bit about that match and all the latest in Dublin Camogie news Peter caught up with Secretary of Dublin Camogie Brendan Cooper they go into the game with a point, so uh, I suppose it's important to, to pick up a couple of points maybe at the weekend. Yeah, oh, absolutely, Peter. This is uh, kind of a crucial uh, game now at this stage because Limerick have, um, are ahead of us, obviously, in the league table at this stage. 
whoever, and we've got one point from two outings. We lost to Kenny, drew against um, Offaly there the uh, weekend before last. Possibly a game we should have won, probably less to our, to our hands, but uh, at the end of the game, it, it was a draw. So basically, one point coming into the game against Limerick. And uh, it, this is a, a must-win match for, for, for Dublin. Uh, looking at the league tables, if we don't beat Limerick, we've no chance of qualifying. That, that's the bottom line. However, the good thing, Peter, from, from our point of view, is that uh, you know how we progress is actually still in our hands now at this stage. If we can manage to beat Limerick this weekend, followed up with, with victory against um, Clare the following weekend, you know, that'll put us into a semi-final stage at, at, at this stage. I think it's we can presume that Kilkenny are going to win the league, uh, sorry, win the group stages of the league. But if we can, you know, beat Limerick and Clare, it'll put us back on the road again and, and leave us in with a shout at the business end of the league, uh, Peter. And I suppose for Frank, you know, just coming in and, and taking over this season, he obviously wants to get to know the players. Um, how important are results? Is it about performances? Is it about, as I say, showcasing a few of the a few of the players, or, or what way is he looking at it? Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a six one half dozen of the other period. Obviously, we, we want to do well in the league, but obviously we, we want to find our, our our best starting fifteen. And obviously, Frank coming in, he's only in there since before Christmas time now at this stage, so he's still getting to know the players, um, you know, their, their skills, their traits, etc. And it's a little bit of a learning process at, at the moment. But I spoke to Frank there now this afternoon, and, and you know he's well aware of that. You know this is a, a must-win match for for Dublin on on Limerick, so he won't be kind of experimenting. To any, well, I wouldn't imagine he'd be experimenting to any great degree. He'll be putting out his best fifteen as he sees it on Sunday uh, against Limerick. Hopefully, and that'll be good enough to, to get us over the uh, over the you know, over the game line. I mean, Limerick are no are no bad Camogie team. They've done well over the last couple of years. They've won their first couple of matches, so they're a little bit of a high. And I know, having sp- spoken to the uh, Limerick uh, County Manager, or County Secretary, I should say, they're bringing up a, a busload of supporters as well. So, this, this, you know, Limerick are taking this match very seriously. Equally, we, we'll be trying to kind of burst their bubble now at this stage. Um, so, whatever Frank can do to kind of speed that, speed that along, you know, that's probably the order of the day. So, it's not, no experimenting. Go for, go for broke on Sunday, because... 18 less than two points and you know it leaves us kind of dead rubber games uh, say dead rubber game in the following week so that's something we don't want to do we want to be involved in the business end of a um, of, of a league but I uh, say at the end of the, at the end of the day uh, it's a learning process as I said so I think uh, Frank will be just looking at this and hopefully you know getting a, a good you know a good finish to our to our league campaign and that hopefully will lead us into a Leinster campaign and ultimately in our Ireland Championship campaign, which is basically where we want to be at the you know come July and August of this year. Absolutely, and uh, as I was saying at the start, it's it's part of a, a double header. The uh, Inters are starting their campaign taking on Antrim, and it's the first game of the season for them. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's an unusual one appearing in the sense that you know we've we've nothing to gauge ourselves, nothing to gauge anything against. Uh, you know, we've played Antrim before in in the past, um, and we've we've obviously done well against Antrim now. Antrim's team that comes down from Antrim will actually be their senior team, whereas it's our intermediate team because Antrim only have one team uh, in, the, in the county. So we're basically taking on a senior team. It's a it's a little bit of an unknown for Shane Plowman and, and his selectors um, in the sense that we've come up into intermediate now this year, which is basically where we want it to be. Um, but you know we're taking on a whole a whole different 
style of camogie now at this stage. We're taking on a lot of tier one teams, which would have, you know, would have, say, an A and a B team, which and Dublin would be a tier one team. And it's important that we kind of get a few points on the board because it's going to be a hard, tough campaign for Shane. Of that, there's no doubt whatsoever. The stakes have been raised quite a lot now at this stage. But basically, that's where we want Peter. We wanted to have a, a team competing in, at senior one uh, and intermediate, so that the intermediates could push the seniors from a you know, a, you know, girls on the team want to showcase their skills to Frank, and no better you know, no better time in a double header. Basically, the game will precede the senior game, so Frank, I'm quite sure, will be around to have a look at least the first half of the intermediate game. And uh, the players themselves, they'll know that Frank is watching as well, so they'll be keen to kind of leave an impression. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can kickstart our season with, with some good points against Antrim. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose with the Premier Juniors, they've been so successful over the last decade at, well, League and Ireland level doing so well. Uh, you know, it was natural, I suppose, to progress. And as you've mentioned, you need to play against better teams to improve yourself, even if it ultimately means you might lose more games. Well, it's, that's true. And, and that's, it's a very valid point, Peter, because basically, if, if, if we play a match against a, you know, a, a, a good or a, a Maybe a better team than Dublin at this at this level. We'll take a lot more out of that experience than, than say, you know, trashing someone by by fifteen or sixteen points because you learn nothing by that that type of match. But those matches that you lose or or whatever, you can t- you can analyze the game, look at it and see how you can improve. Because basically, Shane has a it's a fairly young team now to say, so he's still in the process of of molding his players together now as Frank is doing as well. So, but at least. Uh, he, he, this is his first, uh, uh, you know, first outing of the campaign. It's a it's a longish campaign because their matches go into March, the end of March or thereabouts. So, over the next five six weeks or thereabouts, it's you know I don't see any let up for uh, for our intermediates. I think they're on every single week, if I'm not mistaken, certainly through to the end of March or thereabouts. So it's a tough campaign, but you know we we have a little bit of an advantage this weekend. We're you know we're, we're playing at home, we're playing down in Parnells at one o'clock. Um, and we expect a half decent crowd there because you know we'd hope that those players would, would hang around and the sports would hang around and support our seniors in the second game. So you know it, it's it's all running along now very nicely indeed. So um, we're, we're most grateful to uh, Parnells for allowing us to use their facilities down there. And um, we've tend to use uh, Parnells whenever possible because the girls are very familiar with, with the surroundings and they're, they're comfortable in that. So hopefully all these little things will be an added bonus to our both our intermediates and our senior teams on, on Sunday and hopefully it's enough to get them across the game line Yeah indeed and maybe just finally I suppose you, you talked about support I, I, as far as I'm aware it's the only Dublin senior team uh, in action this weekend that the uh, Hurlers are down in Galway of course and both football teams I think have the weekend off so you know if you want to catch some, some Dublin senior action this is the place to be Parnells at, two o'clock, or at 1 o'clock I should say on Sunday Yeah 1 o'clock at 2.45 Peter it's um uh, it, it, I hadn't actually thought about that. But I know the footballs were, were had a weekend off this weekend, but it's an interesting scenario, which, which is something I'm now going to look into a little bit further and, and maybe kind of capitalise on, you know, if people are a little bit game-starved now this weekend, they might like to come along to Parnells, that they'd be well looked after down there. And we would be more than ha- you know, happy to see them along now at this stage. But uh, So it should be two good games in prospect, uh, uh, Peter, by all accounts. And our thanks, as always, to Brendan Cooper for joining us on the show. A quick reminder of the fixtures this weekend. Dublin take on Galway in the National Hurling League. That takes place in Pierce Stadium in Galway at 2pm on Sunday. And also on Sunday, the Camogie team take on Limerick in Parnell's GA at 2.45pm. So get out and support if you can. But that's just about all we have 
time for for this evening. So from myself, Emma Hayden, from Peter Brannigan and from Katie Scanlon on sound. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next week. GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by the Herald, every side of Dublin.